0: Podcast. launching in five, four, three, two, one. Go
1: for launch. Hey, podcast is Houston, and I'm here with another episode of the Superstory Podcast. And this episode is actually going to be the audio of a panel that I joined uh, at the Pocket Gamer Connects digital conference in London. Uh, I've I've given a keynote there before on the Transmedia Superstory model, been on a variety of panels. This I thought was an interesting panel. Uh, It's called Beyond Games, and specifically talking about how 2020 has changed the entertainment industry and the creative industry. Uh, I'm on there with Andy Johnson, Lennon Arcaro, Neil Gibson, this is moderated by dave bradley check them all out super super smart talented people i was happy to be a part of it so you'll hear me kind of pop in intermittently as uh, we all answer these questions and give some perspective so i thought you would find it an interesting conversation as well really hope you enjoy the episode and please if this podcast has brought you any value go to apple podcast give us a Five star uh, rating and a review. It helps the searchability. I thank you so much. Enjoy the episode.
0: Uh, so I'm Dave Bradley. I'm the uh, COO of Steel Media, and you would have seen me on stage a little bit here, running uh, Pocket Gamer Connects and some other things. Uh, but uh, I've been a journalist for about 25 years, and for some of that time, I uh, I edited um, a number of market leading titles for things like the film industry. So I edited SFX magazine, and uh, I worked on Total Film magazine, and Comic Heroes, and things. So I've got a got a background there. So between us, between us, let's tackle some big topics. I'm gonna this is a, this is a big topic. There's a lot to kind of break down. So I'm gonna sort of break it down into some areas to sort of distribution, production, and business just kind of look about how everything's been affected by this strangest of years while we've been in lockdown there's um there's some evidence it seems that people have turned to media and the arts at this time of crisis um you know we've um you know we've been looking at the number of downloads of um, video games for instance uh, seems to have done particularly well and some of the analysts are suggesting a, a bumper year for games but does that mean that we're all success stories all branches of the media we're all winning right um, uh, is that the case uh, let's go around and have a look at some of these things I have, uh, has, has games and TV thrived, thrived as much as it seems and other are areas of the uh, media that, that haven't done so well uh, let's, uh, let's dive back and go around, uh, and go around starting with, uh, with Neil there do you want to leap in there how the, has how's this year affected comics has it been a bumper year for you guys as well
2: Um, so digitally it was, it was pretty good, but, um, you get a much higher profit margin from print sales and all comic shops and bookshops were shut for a long period and production rates really caused the backlog, but also then you have to cull titles you have because there's only, if you have too many titles out there, people won't buy them. Um, and another thing is, is Comic-Con conventions because, uh, I'm sure it's the same with games, that you get casual gamers and you get hardcore gamers. At Comic-Con, you get, meet the real fans. These people become lifetime um, you know, buyers of your stuff, and they'll spread your word to everyone else. And they meet you, they discover your products typically at Comic-Con. And like, I think three years ago, I was at 26 weekends of the year I was away. Wow. This year, none. So it's changed things dramatically. But the production, though, has been exactly the same because it's all remotely done. So that hasn't changed at all. But mostly it's the distribution.
0: See that's interesting. Yeah, comics uh, is is uh, that kind of print area is is uh, is something that's been affected, and the physical side of things. Uh, Andy, let's go to you. What what's your take on it? Do you are we uh, are we all success stories here in the digital world? What's uh, and what's your kind of overview of the distribution things? Have have games and TV thrived as much as it seems, and and what parts of the media haven't haven't worked?
3: I, I think the important thing to remember when when talking about this is we're still in a bubble right now of all the content that was created before. 2020 apocalypse zoom land happened. So we're still consuming that content and you can see on Netflix specifically that we're beginning to see a lot more, um, uh, non-English dubbed shows coming on just because there's content stock. Uh, we can move in forwards. We're going to see, I think a huge, um, kind of vacuum almost or gap where, We've hit that point where everyone went into lockdown and production stopped on everything that was not remote. It was on-site production. And I think we're going to start to see that soon. We obviously won't see it with blockbuster movies for a few months because they're backed up waiting to launch. But no blockbuster movies have been in production, for example. So I think we're really in a bubble right now in between the point where we're getting to the end of the content that's being created and we're going to have that point where we're kind of stuck and waiting we want to consume more
0: yeah absolutely we'll definitely come back to that and actually on that distribution side as well um there's the case that movies that have been completed like let's say famously the james bond film have been stalled because the you know the the, the studios are, are leery of releasing them this time lennon let's come to you what's your what's your kind of overview take on this uh what are the you know what are the success stories and what's suffered
4: well, I, I definitely think that that you hit on the right point there, Dave, with regards to a lot of the a lot of the film releases being stalled, right? Mm-hmm. Even with blockbusters and content that that's made, with the distribution outlets closed down, similar to comic books, um, it's really impossible for for studios to make back their investment by by launching into into the void. And so we saw Disney try with things like Mulan on Disney+, and they announced great subscribers yesterday on the Disney Plus service, but that still doesn't make up for the entirety of, of the cinema chains being closed down and all that box office uh, performance that that they've been able to hit on and that all the movie theaters have been able, movie studios have been able to hit on over the last few years. Um, you know, Games Cup emerge as the winner because we're able to work remote and we're able to continue to make content, but there are still some instances. And even if you look at this week being, you know, the big PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X launch week, uh, Series X is launching without Halo Infinite and mm-hmm. and. That was chalked up to being partially COVID-related. So, you know, games are the winners, but whatever content was made, as Andy said, is is making its way out. And where there's been distribution chokeholds uh, or production chokeholds, with some there are some losers as well. And also on all fronts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. And I, I've got a point to to speak to that. But actually, I want to go to Houston now as well. You know, you work Houston. You work a lot of on a, across a, a number of disciplines. What's your sure. take on this? Are, are we? Uh... Uh, the, the the media wants to tell us that games have been a success, but what, what, you know, is that true? And, but what else hasn't survived?
5: Well, I mean, there's always, there's always winners and losers. And I think, you know, overall, the, you know, uh, People have have leaned into games, I think, during uh, during this time of crisis. I mean, I know, you know, speaking from personal experience, you know, I, uh, you know, me and my six year old daughter, we, you know, we downloaded games. We would never downloaded just sitting in lockdown in L.A., especially during the height of the pandemic. Uh, And uh, we've had less time outside, more time inside. Of course, we're going to lean into games more. but that doesn't mean all games are a success, right? I mean, I think what we're what we're seeing obviously is um, we're we're in a commoditized market where there's hyper competition amongst games, uh, and, and the same with the film industry and the, and the television industry. And uh, I I think people are doubling down on brand. I think uh, when you have a strong brand in, in this, like that's those are the big winners. Uh, we could all you know go watch the Mandalorian. Does that mean everybody watches everything that's streamed? Of course not, right? The brand is the thing that draws the audience. I think the biggest losers out of, out of the, um, uh, this pandemic, obviously, I think our, our our theater chains in uh in the film industry, but particularly independent creators uh, in the film industry as well. Uh, film festivals are the lifeblood of independent filmmakers uh, for awareness and um, you know uh, uh, winning awards and, and getting distribution. And that and you've seen that bottom out. Same with a music artist with uh, with touring. And so what's 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 cool about games is that you know you don't have to have a live event to make that. Uh, to make that work right so i think overall uh you know you, we've seen a bump in publishing uh people are reading more and a bump in games because you can do that from home
0: yeah absolutely and in fact um on some on a point there that, that you and uh, lennon both made an interesting thing about games is that similar to what you were saying about winners and losers and the mandalorian the fact that games overall is up this year and you know news saying is going to 170 billion dollars or whatever that that's not for everyone. In fact, actually, there's good evidence that people are snacking more on games. Right, they're just trying sure. loads out. It doesn't mean they're actually spending in every one of those games. And uh, but definitely, I think we, you know, there are certainly going to be some losers on the physical event side of things. Neil mentioned uh, conventions and comp, you know and that sort of thing. We're also looking, as you say, at cinema chains. Cineworld Cinema World already gone, right? Which is uh, many thousands of jobs, unfortunately. So let's uh, let's talk. We we touched on everyone touched there on um, on kind of production. Let's go and talk into about in, in about that, about how the kind of working culture in media has changed. Um, many of us work from home now i think a number of people on the panel mentioned that that's doable on the game side of things uh but collaborative in- industries like music and filmmaking much uh much harder to do so what what do we see in the kind of shift there um you know andy mentioned back, a backup of, of of content is technology going to save us uh with with win the quarantine do we see uh, a technology change in the way that we do things whether that's about distribution or whether that's production mandalorian of course famously using kind of virtual sets what do we make of that? Is uh, how is how is the working culture of media going to change and te- is technology going to help us out there? I'm going to come to you, Neil, and give us an insight there on the kind of comics and publishing world. What do you, what do you think? Is the culture of media changing and, and uh, is technology the answer?
2: I think for comics, it changed much earlier than the other industries because you didn't need yeah. to have people working remotely, uh, working together. Right. Um, Marvel famously did it with the bullpen uh, where the writers would uh, have very sketchy outlines. The artists would just draw it and the artist would come over and have a look and then just, you know, Add the dialogue and change things later. But that's back in the 60s and 70s. Um, since we've been doing this, uh, I, there are artists I've worked with for almost eight years. I've never met them based in Sri Lanka or it was, it was, just one thing about the pandemic. There's one guy in Libya, and because of the power cuts there and the heat, he can only get rolling electricity four hours a day. So wow. we worry about our lockdown. There's always someone
0: worse <laughs> off. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. But, in fact, actually, sorry, just on that note, I remember at our last conference, we had a talk from uh, Reina Abbas, who's based in Lebanon. And of course, while this was all going on, they had that massive explosion downtown yeah. as well. Wow. And so, you know, and you kind of go, well, yeah. Uh, and dealing with dealing with that too, a load of offices, offices including some game studios were affected by that. But yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah. No, so
2: basically it's, uh, we've arrived, at the, a lot of the industry going to, Move towards working from home but comics have done that for a while there's a company called Hiveworks, which is um i, I don't even know if it's american or korean it's just because people are all over the place and mm-hmm. they're massive they, they have huge reader base but everyone works from home uh which is very surprising they don't, don't have an office and have any of those overheads and i think that's a lot of more companies are gonna do that in the future going forward
0: yeah i think uh, i think you're right it, perhaps easy to do on industries like comics and games but andy you mentioned the kind of backlog uh of kind of production on movie and TV, they've been affected pretty badly, right? I and, mean, you know, what, what, what do you see as is, is happening there? And can technology like the Mandalorian uses to save us at this time?
3: I think so, yeah. And, like, Unity's coming out with uh, their latest update has, like, a high-definition render pipeline which can pull in, like, high-def models very quickly. Uh, I think we're going to start seeing um, almost a merge of, like, game technology coming into, like, movie and, and video production space where we've been doing that for a long time in games and honestly only up until recently have we got to the point where where we're close to like movie quality Mm -hmm. um before it was very like obviously 3d you could see when when low quality render rendering software was used in in movies and tv and production Uh, i think we're going to start to see a lot more um what what was seen as like a game in technology pulled into
0: into video production? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, th- I think I think I think you're all right. Uh, also, it occurs to me that there are some kind of low tech solutions as well, like uh, like production companies going into quarantine together, which I think is happening on some on some TV studios too. Let's, let me go to let me go to um, Houston next, thing, and I'll come to you then. And what do you what do you take on that? Do you think working culture is going to change?
5: Oh yeah, of course. I mean, it, it has to. I think by necessity, uh, but. I don't think technology will will, will save it necessarily. I, I I never have faith in the robots to save us. Uh, <laughs> but I definitely think you know we're forced we're we're forced to change. I think the biggest thing we have to change is our mindset. Uh, the the whole the way you think about uh, production, the way you think uh, about ideation and development is now being forced to change. I, I mean, going back to the last mm. question, uh, just for a second, the the biggest losers I think in the pandemic have have been people that have all put their eggs in one basket. The uh, the single channel entertainment that that sort of on the wrong horse, I think now the winners going forward are people going to have a more diversified model, and, uh, and we're going to use technology to be able to develop and produce that way. Uh, but at the same time, I think from a, from a creative end, uh, you're, there's something about a writer's room in person, that is that is different than a writer's room on Zoom, and mm-hmm. uh, and so I think production workflows can be offloaded digitally, uh, but there's 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 just something about the energy that you have in the room with creatives that you just can't duplicate, and so I think we're going to have to figure out how to make provisions for that without you know giving us all COVID every time we do it, uh, but uh, but mm-hmm. I think you know whereas we may see an acceleration. Of, of production workflows te- uh, technologically, I think we may see a step back just creatively just because we see it have a disconnect of that person-to-person contact.
0: Yeah, absolutely. you know I, I'll, I'll come to that in a minute, but Lennon, let me come to you next. What, what's your take on this? What do you, what do you see happening here? A change of work culture?
4: I think there's a change in work culture. Andy, I saw your finger go up, unless you wanted to talk on that point for a second. I can come back in with my, th- my feedback in a second.
3: No, I, I was just gonna say that anecdotally, I've heard from other teams, like following on from Houston, Houston's point, that teams that are going into pre-production and creative, they're they're having to deal with this and it's it's causing a real problem not having that in-person creative kind of buzz that you bouncing off of each other. So that just goes back to the whole like production flow thing. That was a point I wanted to.
0: Oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll speak on that too for a second, because I, I think you're right. And I think it's, it's been often said that there are advantages from working from home. It's been observed quite a lot. You know, we'd we, we miss out on the commute and all that kind of things. But actually, to what Andy and Houston both said there, there's something about working. In, if you are in a collaborative business and you don't get the energy of a room, I think there's a lot of learning that happens in person, right? Just by osmosis. You know, when, you, when a creative team is together, junior members of that team learn what a good idea looks like. And they don't maybe get exposed to that when they're working a uh, hundred miles away. And that's a, that's a problem. Sorry, Lennon, back to you. What was your, uh, what was your take on that?
4: So, yeah, so I, I would, I would echo some of the thoughts that have already been shared in that, you know, as we've gone through this cycle, there was an initial phase of change and disruption to our usual process. Now there's an acclimatization to working from home and making it work, but there's still that need to be together uh, and and that ability to share and, and to, coer- uh, to cooperate and collaborate. And, um, you know, the Hollywood industry has found ways and taken, I think, some lessons from the sports industry in terms of how to keep production moving forward, mm. uh, creating their own production bubbles, especially when you need to have people in the same area to to, to film, right? You can't, you can't make a live action movie if you don't have live action actors on the stage and on the set okay. somewhere. So you know it's uh, it's really interesting how they've created certain bubble levels, right? So there's a there's a, a crew level, then there's an actor level, and then there's a there's a director and executive level that comes in, and and there's a lot more COVID testing that's happened. But what you're also seeing is a decrease in efficiency. You you can't produce as much content if the process and the gates to make all that content are spaced out over a longer period of time, and with that inefficiency, you have to wonder what's going to fill that void because we still want to consume all this content. Uh, and what we don't talk about, and I don't think was as much of a focus here, is also all of those other spaces of UGC content that are coming in, right? TikTok taking a huge portion of mind share and timeshare. Uh, and of course, YouTube still being the behemoth that it is uh, to, to counter all of the the production level, AAA con- uh, quality grade content that's out there.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Huge boost in um, kind of uh, podcasts as well this year, as well, kind of amateur recording at home. Um, uh, Let me go to a slightly more qualitative thought. This is a tricky one, and it may well be that we can't reach a conclusion here. Uh, But it's worth, worth, um, worth talking about. We've spoken a little bit about distribution and production, and I will definitely talk about business in a minute. But just from a kind of a storytelling point of view, is a year like this year, with all its pandemics and politics, have an effect on the kind of stories we tell each other. Are we about to enter a golden age of dystopian fiction? Uh, what does anyone think about that, uh, Houston? Back to you. What, you. what do you reckon?
5: Yeah, I actually think uh, I actually think it's the opposite. I think uh, usually when you look at the trends, uh, when everything when everybody's depressed, uh, you're looking for escapism, uh, and and uh-huh. things get things get lighter. Uh, when everything is nice and good, uh, that's when people kind of lean into the dystopia, uh, and, it, and it's always sort of this really interesting inverse of um, uh, you know uh, of of what the reality is. Because I think entertainment always should you know uh, it always pushes the opposite way in, in in a way. I mean, I just there was a I, gosh I can't remember the name of the movie, it's a new Michael Bay movie coming out uh, about COVID twenty three, and uh, you know set a few years in the future and how COVID twenty three is now you know ravaging the world and we've been on you know week 291 of lockdowns and i I watched that trailer and i was like uh like way too soon way too
0: soon you (laughs) know and it's
5: it's so bleak and it's so hopeless and it like you know it looks like a good movie but but it's just like i'm you know i don't think we're ready for that so i think i think in times of crisis uh, uh human beings always look for hope and uh that's just how we're wired uh so uh so i think that uh the more people lean into the darkness and lean into the dystopia i think you'll see that uh that not be received as well from audiences i think the the people that kind of shine a light in the darkness uh we're going to go a little bit more toward that at least that's my prediction
0: no, that's interesting. Um, I, you know, and I think we've got a lot of stories coming our way from com- from places like Netflix, you know, these the uh, Lord of the Rings prequels and more Witcher and things like that are fantasy. Sure. Things. Uh, Neil, you, yourself working in comics, do you see a change in the stories that are being created this year? Um, how are things going? Would you echo that thought? Uh,
2: Houston nails, nails on the head. Um, I actually had an enormous number of emails of people saying we should uh, write something about the pandemic. And I thought, well, that alone, the true number of people telling me I should means I shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. Uh, I think it is far too soon I, I actually I've got nothing more to add to Houston well said
0: right. yeah that's, that sounds like I, I don't know An, Andy or Lennon do you want to chip in on that or do, do, do you think we've, we've covered that topic or do you have any take on, uh, on, on the kind of qualitative aspect of, of where stories are going you go first
4: Lennon well, I was going to pass the baton to you because I, I'm not a <laughs> storyteller. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll take the chime on the business conversation later on down, down
3: the road. Okay. Okay, so, uh, so. I was just going to add in that I had read somewhere recently that um, Amazon Studios had released uh, Utopia, which was about dystopian. It was about now, but it's a bunch of people who had found uh, uh, viruses and end of the world that were based. they being graphic, coming in a graphic novel in comics. No. I, and I'd read an article saying that it had not performed as well due to people being locked up in, in or locked down uh, due
0: to this year. So I think that's actual evidence of exactly what Houston was saying. Sure. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, uh, so I think we're probably kind of all in agreement there. Let's, let's dive into the kind of business side then. Um, now that we're, you know, being 2020 being what it is, is this a particularly good time or a bad time to seek investment for a product? Um, let's uh, let's say there's someone you know in our, in our audience here who's working on a project. It might be a games project. It might be a comic. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. you. know, whatever. Should they should they be waiting until things have quietened down before they they start pitching investors, or is this the perfect time to do it? I don't know. What do you think, Lennon?
4: I would think that actually, uh, if you're if you're working on a game project, there's probably never been a better time. Uh, <laughs> there is there is so much of a shift in, in industry into. Bringing some capital markets into the gaming space more than there has been in the, in the years past, and particularly on the mobile side as well. So it's it's definitely a good time to to use some of your spare time and think about new ideas. Often often they say that in times of in times of economic pullback, uh, that's when most of the creativity happens, and 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 people find themselves exploring new ideas and new and new uh, new concepts, and that's really where you see these new uplifts and what carries through the next the next growth stage. So. There's a lot of capital coming into the gaming space and there's a lot of folks who are looking to to, uh, to move there. Obviously, we have Stillfront as a, as a great example of a company that, that kind of put themselves together in, last, in, the, in the earlier stage of the year and have been on the acquisition trend. Uh, Zynga is still going very, very strong. Of course, there's uh, Scopely as well that are moving, moving really quickly into that space.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Seeing lots of mergers and acquisitions, definitely. Um, uh, what does anyone else think from their own the d- disciplines that they work in? Are you seeing this as a particularly good time to uh, uh, to seek investment for a project, or, or you know, or, or set up a set up a business? Neil, what's your take on the, on the kind of um, comics and publishing side of things? Do you, do you see this as a good time to be launching and building a business?
2: Uh, it's a tricky one because I do agree that there's always opportunity in down periods. But in DC Comics, announced yesterday that they called a third of their uh, staff. Wow. Uh, it's um and with comic stores with, with still not opening up that's sort of the lifeblood for the for the comics industry and so if you're not making a profit, yes you may get big fish investors who may want to put money in, but is it the right thing to have I, I'd focus more on quality rather than quantity for a start um what I will say is that some of the some coming industry relies on uh, sort of small-time investors having a large pool of them. Mm. And those people right now might, may be struggling financially, would be un, risk uh, uncertain. So that pool is definitely going away. But there's always uh, investors who are looking to branch out into new areas. And as long as you have a good product and a good team, there's never a bad time to seek investment.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, Andy, is that something that, that chimes with you as well?
2: Uh, I would...
3: Just guess that now would be a great time to invest in games. I, I can't really add to the
0: conversation on this, though. Yeah, no, fair, fair enough. Yeah. I think there's um, there, uh, I'll, I don't know, Houston, if you've got a, a take on that as well.
5: Yeah, I mean, my my my, my thought is so uh, you know, in addition to all my transmedia work, I'm also an attorney. So this is a very, an attorney answer. Just, it depends. It depends <laughs> what kind of business, uh, you're trying to, to get an investment for, I think, you know, uh, there's always going to be, you know, like, like Lennon and Neil said, there's always going to be companies that, that, uh, that see, see a downturn in the economy as sort of, you know, a half off sale uh, to be able to be aggressive to to go in and, and, and invest in some, some new things. Uh, but overall, I think, um, you know, what you're forced to do as a creator now is to Figure out how to hedge the investment as much as you can. I think people run too early uh, to investors without uh, you know uh, having any sort of market presence. I think they it, they put all their you know uh, their eggs in one basket, so to speak. I mean, you, you, we've all heard that term. Uh, make sure you have a diversified portfolio when it comes to stockbroker wisdom. I think now you know when you're when you're uh, putting together a business model, looking for investment, making sure you have a diversified portfolio of offerings, uh, so that that investor uh, sees a decrease in the risk of that that. Um, So you know, I think I think a lot of people that are still single channel that are running to get investments uh, from from maybe some investors that don't have that risk appetite. I mean there may be big investment firms that that, that changed the equation. But a lot of times these investors are just like, you know, the, uh, private equity investors, just like a rich orthodontist down your street that has, you know, uh, some cash they're looking to, to do something with. And, and, and a lot of times independent creators look to those folks, uh, for, for capital to, to launch. And I think you really have to now consider, obviously you got to consider quality of your product, but you mm-hmm. also have to consider, uh, how to decrease that risk as much as you possibly can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know. Again, this is hedging your bets, but it, it feels like maybe it's a it's a great time to seek investment for a, for a, for a great project, and not a great time to seek investment for a risky project. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. This is. Uh, tell you what, I just want to remind everyone who's watching this in the audience that uh, we can take some questions at the end too. So um, do pop them in the Q and A box at the bottom there, and uh, and I'll get to those as they come up. But what I'd like to ask now is. Um, just I'd refer back. The UK government um, implied that those who work in the media and creative arts um, should start retraining for new careers. That was a, a hit the news uh, last month uh, to, to much d- derision from people, particularly at a time when people were turning to the media and the you know the, the creative arts and the media for, for solace. <laughs> um, but does that you know? Were they without? Uh, were, were they right? Uh, d- does that mean that you know that uh, that uh, you know that, that new startups are going to pop up? Does it mean that we're going to see a brain drain from the creative arts as we all have to start retraining as? Uh, you know i don't know you know people work in retail or something probably not that given the given the current <laughs> not that another thing another thing together um so what, what does that what does that mean does, does the fact that the that governments are suggesting that that if you work in the arts you know you need to retrain whether was there any kind of were they were they wrong as they have been in, in in other areas of the thing andy what do you reckon did you did you follow that news and that make any sense to you i,
3: I didn't see that i was quite surprised by that being an expat, um. Uh, all I can think is maybe they're thinking of like extend, extension things like theater that are really, really great. Right. And, and maybe there are not as many jobs out there because it takes much more investment, uh, both time and money and resources to set up and run projects virtually. Um, you know, everyone's on Zoom meetings more than they are working most of the time, which, has, which also has an impact on output and, and finishing projects. So maybe that's what they're they're hinting at. I can't see that everybody
0: would need to retrain because it would be a really bland world if there wasn't any entertainment out there. Right, right, right. Exactly as yeah. well. Um, Neil, did you, I don't know. You're you're uh, you're based in the UK. Did you see that news? Did that did that um, strike uh, any kind of um you know emotion in you? Uh,
2: yes, I thought it was a very insensitive comment. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I also think he, there are a lot of people who. So if you're a, you know, entrenched in this and that's your, that's your business, it's not, you're not going to give up and go away for it. But there are a lot of people who are starting off in it or at the low end of it and they're not, not making much money just getting by. And if it's shrinking and it's going to be shrinking for the future, it's maybe in the short term your best interest to to look after yourself. It's like, what is the downside and what do you want long term? You, you have to. It's a balance and that's what he was trying to do to make sure the economy stays on track. So I can understand why he said it, but at the same time, it was hurtful to a lot of
0: people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Houston or Lennon. I don't know whether either you wants to leap in on this. I don't know whether you saw that news, but what just generally is a principle? Do you do you kind of agree with what we said there? You know, are we are we are we are we looking at a good time for seeking careers in, in the creative arts, or, or do should people start retraining?
4: You know, I I wouldn't. Uh, I would certainly not not encourage people to, to think that me, that media and creative arts are are coming to an end. Uh, if anything. I would be leveraging all of the experience that you have to rethink what is the next step for you in media and the creative arts. Because when, when things go through dynamic times like this and there's such change happening, where do you reallocate yourself to capture the next the next wave of content creation and content consumption, right? If content moves from art galleries into Etsy, well, what are you doing along that chain to be part of that program? If if cinema, if cinema goes from, you know, all AAA production to more animation because it's able to be done digitally, well, what are you doing to reshift your career is, right. is perhaps a better way of thinking about it than to think about exiting to go into, you know, certainly not retail, but it's certainly other. not
0: retail. <laughs> sure. You
4: know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's a really good, really good point. Houston, do you, do you concur?
4: Yeah.
5: I mean, I, it's, you know, it's interesting because I mean, I think we've, we've been having this conversation you know, for the past 10 years. I mean, you know, outside of, of the pandemic. I mean, we've seen uh, AI and machine learning begin to disrupt jobs in in, in entertainment. I mean, you, we're getting to the point where AI can, uh, you know, can can mix and master a record. They, you know, what, what's going to happen when AI can color correct a film and when AI can, you know, we, we laugh at the scripts that, AIs, uh, that AI puts out right now. But what happens in, you know, in 10 years when an AI can actually write a really good script? How does that mm-hmm. disrupt? So we've been talking about, you know, creative arts disruption, Uh, for for a while, the pandemic accelerated that. Uh, So so, uh, I think that humans will always need entertainment and that the entertainment market will never leave. But when it comes to the career move, what I what I always say, because listen, truck drivers in Pennsylvania uh, are now facing the same problem uh, as, as the entertainment industry. What happens when you have driverless trucks uh, that, that and and their jobs are disrupted? This is this is the story of humanity. D- you know, there's there's an industry that gets disrupted because of some tra- crazy thing, and people have to retrain. So this is why I particularly advocate for, you know, I always talk about how to diversify your entertainment. I think you should diversify your career as a creative professional. I mean, people ask me what I do and uh, I say, well, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a creator I'm an author. I'm an educator. Uh, I'm a consultant. Right. And so all of a sudden, if if, I, if one of those things gets disrupted, I can lean back on the other four. Uh, I think I think now you're going to see uh, a more of a nimbleness of when it comes to uh, to to creative. So so I always uh, when I talk to uh, creators, I'm like, hey, if you have an expertise, write a book. Uh, uh, you know have a master class uh figure out you know a local college you can go teach at and, and also create at the same time because again I keep going back to this thing all the eggs in one basket as we see in a volatile world you know that's just not a good creative strategy and it's not a good career strategy uh,
0: either absolutely you know at the top of this uh, afternoon's uh, sessions we had a talk from Anthony Johnston who wrote the story that became uh, that became uh, atomic blonde and um, the, the, the Charlize Theron movie, and uh, he was talking about how he's taken his career as a, a writer, which is what he wanted to do, across. Okay, so he wrote uh, articles for magazines, he wrote games, he wrote books, he wrote comics, he wrote web comics, and now he's a, he writes um, screenwriters. And it's the same skill, but he's looking yeah. at all the different different disciplines. And um, uh, I will just remind everyone in the audience: we, we you know we've got a few minutes left, but we're coming to the end. The, the time flies by, so do drop any questions in you have. I'm going to go around and ask the people here for. My panellists for a wild prediction, okay? What creative industry would have changed the most by this time next year? What do you think is gonna change the most? Andy, I'm gonna to come to you first. Um, it, could it be your own industry or, or do you see it happening elsewhere? What's gonna change the most in the next year? That's a,
3: that's a tricky one. Uh, I don't think games because uh, all of the projects are on track and, and you know most, most big games are multi-year projects. So in one year, it's not really gonna make that much of a difference. Um, I think the uh, user creation space, user generated content um, and and smaller indie, more nimble projects um, in different spaces are going to be the things that we're going to see the most disruption from. I think we, you know, we all hope that this is a blip and we're going to have vaccines and we're going to go back to normal, relatively normal world after this. So there's going to be some normalization, but there's definitely we're at a point of some evolution um, I don't think you're going to see it from big companies and big
0: projects because they're typically
3: like four or five years. So it's not going
0: to come from there. Interesting. Uh, Neil, yourself, what do you think? What's going to change?
2: Um, it, it all depends on whether we go back uh, with this, with a vaccine or not. And if not, I mean, the theatre or the, the music industry with especially small bands and live acts, it's, it's killing them right now. Um, the honest answer is, uh, I'm going to do, uh, Houston to say, it depends. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think the main thing is, will we go back to how things were in terms of interacting with humans? And, and I think, I think just the way humans are wired, we're going to have to, uh, people will just be fed up and they, they want to go back. They want to ha- have contact sports. They want to see this. They want to see each other, make friends. Uh, how can you date if you can't uh, have any contact with, with strangers? So I think right. it will go back to how it is normally this question is how long it takes. But I think in the short term, I think it's anything that involves people being together, which means music situations or
4: theatre.
0: Yeah, absolutely, live events. We see that happening. Uh, Lennon, what do you what do you think? What's going to change? What's going to change in the next year?
4: Well, I think the next year, uh, to everyone else's point, I'm going to I'm going to kind of go along with that. Is that it really depends on on what going back means? Uh, if there's a vaccine and, and everyone is able to get back in the very short term, I think that's very very different than if. Thinks the status quo cool all the way through December of next year, because as that as that time period extends, people will, habits will eventually form and change, and from a consumption perspective, the more you set yourself up to consume media and arts at home in different ways, the less you're going to be likely to invest in a theater experience, the less you're going to be you know the less prone you're going to be to going out to you know, perhaps on the sporting event, because I think sporting events will always have that certain live presence effect that's just, that's just deeper and richer, um, as well as as music concerts. But there, is, there are going to be some changes that are going to happen to how you're used to consuming content. And, and if you've established yourself and you've got your six or seven different streaming subscriptions now set up and you have a larger screen TV at home, you might enjoy your your theater experience so much that you don't necessarily see the value as much as you saw it in the past to go to a theater,
0: for example. Yeah, absolutely, uh, you know, that's that's even hoping that those that the theaters are, are still with us to enjoy, but you're right, you raise an interesting point there, which we haven't got time to discuss before I go to Houston, which is that, that whole kind of proliferation of, of streaming services and even game stores as well, has its own challenges, right, as well. I mean, I've, I've never had so many, subscribed to so many streaming services, I don't think that bubble right. can go any bigger. Uh, Houston, what's your take yeah. on this?
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I personally, I, I don't think um, uh, we'll ever go back in the same way. Uh, I think even with a vaccine, you know, the thing that I th- we're dealing with in the states, I mean, last last uh, poll that I saw was of 80 percent of Americans now say they're not going to get the vaccine when it comes out. Uh, it's like getting the new iPhone when it uh, as soon as it's released. Everybody wants to wait for, uh, you know, wait a little bit to see how, how the, all the bugs are worked out, uh, so to speak. And so um, so if that's the case. You know, I don't know. Ticketmaster uh, just just announced that uh, they may require proof of COVID vaccine in order to buy tickets to live events. Uh, and wow. so, I think this That's vaccine is actually going to be so sort of the next battleground of of, of how things are going to swing with live events. So, what will I, what do I think will change the most? I, I think theatrical film is is the, is the mm-hmm. thing that will change the most because we just don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. I think you're, we're, my prediction is that will pivot to smaller theatrical experiences, maybe not the big multiplex uh, type of thing. I think maybe uh, some more intimate, get 20 friends, go to get the big screen and do something like that. You know, and then looking back on it, it may be that Avengers Endgame was the last great blockbuster we had where we could go in with, a, you know, 400 people and really enjoy it, which is an interesting way to go out. But I think film probably is the thing that's going to change uh, the most. I think the thing that's going to grow the most is audio. I think podcast in the audio space with, with, uh, with Alexa, with Google Home, with, with what we're seeing going on in podcasts, uh, I think audio uh, is just going to continue to grow and grow and grow. I don't know if it'll change is just much as, as much as just grab more market share um, as mm-hmm. we lean into some different things. But film, I think,ly I think will probably continue to be disrupted. And this and, and it's a bummer because I have so many friends, you know, working at studios, and you know, Warner just had a, a massive layoffs, uh, you know, this week. Disney, the same thing, as they pivot into more streaming first companies. Uh, it, it's just we just don't know what film is going to be like, and I'm not super hopeful that we will know
0: um you know even in the next two years yeah absolutely film um theatrical film release is an interesting thing because there's there's an argument to be made and i've had this conversation with uh, some of my pals here but maybe that model was always a little bit unsustainable you know spending so many millions on a a film and then expecting people to go and spend 20 dollars for a ticket and buy a bucket of popcorn was that was that ever a good idea um Mm -hmm. you know so who knows yeah Sorry, Dave. Bo- bo- no, go ahead.
3: I just wanted to touch on that. We're seeing that a little bit with games as well now, right? Where we're mm-hmm. seeing multi million dollar games and mm-hmm. the games are like open world and just so big. So we're beginning to see some of that pattern with games as well the unsustainable mm-hmm. model.
0: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, look, you know, we're kind of at the end of our time here, and I know that, um, that, that, I, that I should be wrapping up. Do you know what? I've just realised that, that um, I didn't even uh, bring, bring Brexit into the conversation, which, uh, you know, the, the, we're heading that way at, at quite a pace. So, look, I'm, I'm going I'm to leave it there. You know, we could have gone on way more. I think we probably only touched on half of the, the topics I suggested. But I really want to just go around and thank everyone. Uh, Houston, Lennon, Neil, Andy, thank you very much. <laughs>
2: Please don't forget to subscribe,
5: rate, and review.